Welcome to Strong Meat for Strong Believers. I'm Pastor Doug Johnson. I want to invite you to join me as we look at the issues facing us today and what God's Word says about them. Hebrews 5, 13 and 14 says, Milk is for babies, but strong meat is for grown-ups who can discern the difference between good and evil. At the end of the broadcast, I'll tell you how you can get a copy of this message for yourself. And now, grab your Bible and get ready for another helping of Strong Meat for Strong Believers. You know, many people at this time of the year make New Year's resolutions. You know, those promises we make to eat less, exercise more, shape up, slim down, all those great things. Well, the fact is, only 55% of Americans keep their New Year's resolutions for one month. And after that, it just drops drastically. Now, I, I don't want to discourage anyone from making New Year's resolutions. If you've made one, I hope you've kept it so far. And hope you keep it for, especially if it's a healthy one. But maybe we should make resolutions that are more worthwhile. Maybe those would be easier for us to keep if we can do this. And I talked about that on Wednesday night, this past Wednesday night on January 1st. And we looked at Proverbs 15. Man, we found some great New Year's resolutions in Proverbs 15. If you weren't there, read through that chapter. You'll find some great things there. But this week of fasting and prayer that we are observing... Uh, not only as a church, but joining with our brothers and sisters in the Assemblies of God worldwide. You know, we, there are over 63 million Assembly of God adherents in the world. That makes us the largest Pentecostal denomination in the world. So when you're praying and fasting this week, no, you are not by yourself. There is a huge prayer force behind you when you are praying this week. And God is going to hear and he's going to answer. So this week of fasting and prayer is not a New Year's resolution we want it to be a New Year's revolution. We want it to change our lives and set the stage for this coming year. And I believe that God wants to help make a new you for the new year. Amen? In fact, that's the title of this message this morning, A New You for the New Year. Now, in our text, Paul was referring to the fact that physical growth and mental maturity are normal parts of life. If there is no growth or maturity, then something is wrong physically in our body. And what is true in the natural is often true in the spiritual. Now, I want to say this. The length of time that a person has been saved has nothing to do and is no indication with how spiritually mature they are. Because just like physical growth, you have to feed yourself daily in order to grow physically. The same is true spiritually. However, with spiritual maturity, it doesn't happen automatically. It is a daily choice that you make to feed your spirit godly things. And you must want to grow. You have to decide to grow. You have to make an effort to grow. And you have to be persistent in growing spiritually. It is an, a daily decision. And so Paul was telling us here in verse 1, he says, As long as we're spiritually mature, we will not be able to take our rightful place of authority, even though we are heirs to the throne. That's what he was saying in verse 1, when he said that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he is Lord of all. You know, that's why no one puts a two-year-old on a king's throne. Because when you're two years old, your main goal in life is to play with toys. 
You're not in a position to make a decision as a king or a queen. That's what Paul is saying. And the same is true with us spiritually speaking. Listen, you and I, if you're saved this morning, we are king's kids. We are joint heirs with Christ, sons and daughters of Almighty God. We are heirs to the throne. However, what I'm afraid is what is happening a lot across in this nation is that there's a lot of spiritual immaturity still in the church. And even though we are heirs to the throne, we are princes and princesses of the King of kings and Lord of lords, we're not ready to make any major decisions for the kingdom because we're so wrapped up in our own temporary life. You see, being saved and on your way to heaven is not enough to make it through this life. You've got to grow up. You've got to mature in Christ or else you'll struggle and be enslaved your whole life. You can be saved, but still struggling with habits and addictions. You can be on your way to heaven and still uh, sometimes have a, have a bad temper that flares up and still battling the flesh. And the Apostle Paul had the same problem. The flesh is something you're always going to battle. But here's the thing. If you feed your spirit more each day than your flesh, your spirit will grow stronger. And there you will reach a time of maturity when your spirit will help you overcome temptations. That's how Jesus was tempted in all points such as we are, yet he did not sin. Why? Because he made sure his spirit man was stronger than his flesh. Look again at verse 2. Paul said, but they are under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. Just as a prince or a princess must learn how to act like a king or queen, they have to learn how to talk like a king and queen. They have to learn how to dress and how to make decisions like a king or queen. And they're under tutors and governors who teach them these things as they grow. The same is true with us as Christians. Christians are children of the king of kings and we must learn how to act like that. You must understand that you are a a child of almighty God. And so we've got to be able to act and talk like our father. We can't keep acting like the world does. We can't keep saying things the world does. We can't go around and do things and even post things on social media like everybody else does. Hello? We need to start acting like princes and princesses of the king of kings. David Kenneman wrote a book called Unchristian. And in it, he said this, and I quote, Born-again Christians in America fail to display much attitudinal or behavioral evidence of transformed lives. 84% say they personally know at least one committed Christian, yet only 15% said their lifestyle was different from non-Christians, end quote. Brothers and sisters, if the attitude and lifestyle of Christians is not different from the sinners, why is that happening? I'll tell you why. It's spiritual immaturity. We are refusing to grow spiritually because we've gotten comfortable with where we are. Listen to me. You need to understand as people of God, what you do and what you say matters because you are a king's kid. Not because you're a member of a church somewhere, but because you represent the king of the universe who has adopted you into his family. That's why Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, He said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that wasn't just instructions for Timothy. That's instructions for every born-again Christian. 
As a Christian, you are to go to church. This is where we receive that instruction, that teaching, and helps us and get to grow. We are to read the Bible every day. We are to use it to go in the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from us. That's what a king's kid does. Hallelujah. You know, this is the year 2020. And numbers in the Bible have special significance. And the number 20 in the Bible, you know what it stands for? The number 20 in the Bible means a completed waiting period. A finished waiting period. Let me give you some examples. Jacob worked for Laban for 20 years before God delivered him and led him back to his brother Esau. Israel was oppressed by King Jabin for 20 years before God raised up Deborah to deliver them. The Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant away from Israel in battle. And God began to plague the Philistines and so they gave it back. But it stayed in Kirjath-Jerim for 20 years before coming back home to Jerusalem. My friends, the number 20 means a completed waiting period. It means the wait is over. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you what the devil stole from you, what you've been waiting for, what you've been praying for. It's going to come back to you in 2020 if you grow up and mature in Christ. And 2020 is double. That's two 20s. Hallelujah. And if God can give Job double for his trouble when he came out of his trial, he can do it for you. Who am I preaching to? Give it to me, Lord. I'm ready for it. Oh, but it's going to take a new you for this new year to receive it. You can't just holler, throw a dollar, and expect it to come. It ain't going to happen. Come on now. This ain't no name and claim it message. Because new levels bring new devils. And it's going to take a new you in this new year to get back what the devil's stolen. But honey, it's 2020, and God can do it. Hallelujah. But you can't expect God to give you a double portion blessing if all you're giving him are your leftovers. The least that you can get by with. It ain't going to happen. The devil is a liar. You see, one of the main problems in churches across this land today is there are people in leadership positions that are just as spiritually immature now as when they were saved. I told you the length of time a person's been saved has, has no indication about how spiritually mature they are. You see, the devil don't mind you going to church. The devil don't mind you shouting. The devil don't mind you even singing the songs. Just don't grow up and become a threat to him. That's when you become a threat. That's what he don't want to happen. And that's why there are people who come to church all across this land, week in and week out, and they leave unchanged because their attitude and behavior is just like it is in the world, and you can't tell a difference. Why? Because they're spiritually immature. They come to church and complain about the preacher or they complain about the heat. They complain that somebody's got their seat. It's spiritual immaturity. Be glad visitors are coming and somebody got your seat. Find another one. There's plenty of them. If not, we'll find you one and put your name on it. Make you the VIP. We'll put you on the platform with me. If you're t- i got to stand here the whole time. You can join me. It ain't going to hurt you. But here's the thing. Do you not realize the Bible says we're going to judge angels one day, and yet we get our feelings hurt if somebody don't shake our hand. It's time to grow up, church. Oh, my. It's going to get quiet in here. (laughs) I love you. 
Listen, God stepped on my toes all this morning, so I'm just going to give you the way he gave it to me. You're a king's kid. Quit being a victim. You are not a victim. You are a king's kid. Because deliverance is a mental process directly linked to maturity. As you mature in the Lord, as you grow and spend more time in God, you will find that you'll be delivered from this depression and oppression and all the things that Satan has thrown at you. Listen, because God has delivered you from your past, so quit reliving it. That is not your, that's not your story no more. That chapter is closed. Today's a new day. This is a new year. Hallelujah. It's time for a new you. Hallelujah. Your past is past. That's why whenever Teen Challenge comes in the church, they come in, they're fired up, they're free. You know why? Because they're growing spiritually. They spend time with God every day. That's an example. Jesus is our ultimate example. But if you want a real modern day example, look at Teen Challenge. They've been delivered and set free. And my friend, they don't worry about their past. They use it as their testimony. And if God did it for them, he can do it for every one of you. It don't have to be drugs. It could be something else. But my God who set them free can set you free. Anybody ready for it today? Look again at verse 7. Verse 7, he says, Wherefore, you are no more a servant but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. God don't want you to be a slave. He's ordained you to be a son or a daughter. You're a king's kid. You need to act like it. Quit walking around like you're defeated. You're not. We're not praying for victory. We're standing in victory when we pray. He plunged me to victory, as the song says. We are in victory right now. We're standing in victory. We're drawing a line in the sand, daring the devil to cross it. And if he crosses it, we take the sword of the Spirit and cut him to pieces with it. That's what's going on. That's what mature Christians do. Hallelujah. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, somebody say that with me, a man. Say it again, a man. I put away childish things. I want to tell you this morning, every one of you on the sound of my voice here in this church, on the internet, on CD, wherever you, every one of us can grow and go deeper in Christ than where we are now, myself included. Every single one of us can grow and go deeper in the Lord from where we are now. Let me walk you through the steps. The first step is salvation. It's where we all start. If you're here listening to me today and you're lost without Jesus, the first step is ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Commit your life to him and live for him. Because I want to tell you, no matter what resolutions you have, no matter what you try to do this new year, without him you have no victory over the devil and there is no hope in this life. But with him, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Hallelujah. You need to start. You need to commit your life to him. And after you're saved, you need to begin reading the Bible every day. This book, this is where our faith comes from. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This is where your strength comes from. If you feel like you can't, you're too weak to go on, get in the word of God. If you have a hard time sleeping at night, start reading the Bible. The devil will put you to sleep. 
just to keep you from reading it. I promise you, the Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. Let this get in you, and you'll start growing by leaps and bounds. And by the way, when you read this, God will speak to you. If you've been wondering, Lord, I don't ever hear you, you need to spend more time in His Word. That's why it's called the Word of God. When you read it, God will speak to you. And after you read the Bible every day, you need to pray every day. You just talk to God. He's your heavenly Father. He wants to hear from you. He has promised to hear you, and He won't turn you away. Hallelujah. And so spend time praying every day and reading His Word every day. And then make sure you join a Bible-preaching, Bible-believing church that will encourage you and help you in your Christian life. If you don't have a church to go to, I know a good one. I'm just saying. We'd love for you to be a part of us because here's the thing. This church is unique from other churches. This church, we offer six opportunities every week for you to grow spiritually. Let me share them with you. If you currently only come to Sunday morning service, let me encourage you, start coming a little earlier for Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. on Sundays because when you start coming to Sunday school, you'll not only grow spiritually, but you can have your questions answered by our informative teachers. You can connect with other believers like you. You can make new friends. There are things you can do in Sunday school that you can't do in a regular worship service. Now, if you only come on Sunday mornings, start coming on Sunday nights. On Sunday nights right now, we're going through the book of Revelation. And by the way, bring your kids to youth service at 6 p.m. on Sunday nights. Amen, Pastor Jeremy. Pastor Jeremy and Dana do a great job of giving them the word, pouring into the youth, planning exciting trips, all kinds of things. You know, back when I was a youth pastor in the Flintstones age, <laughs> back when car wheels were made out of boulders, you know, and you had to, you had to pedal your way everywhere you went. The thing that always bothered me as a youth pastor, I would see parents take their kids to every extracurricular activity, every game, every practice, every cheer, every dance class, kung fu, you name it, but then neglect the house of God. And that bothered me. Not because I was jealous, but because I could see what it was doing to the spiritual immaturity not only of their children, but even the spiritual immaturity of the parents. I even had one parent tell me, well, they're going for a scholarship. Now listen, don't get me wrong. There is nothing wrong with scholarships. I put two kids through college. You need all the scholarship you can get. And you need to excel in school. But here's the thing. If you're willing to do things for money that you won't do for God... That's a spiritual priority problem. Your priorities are out of line. And God is saying to have a new you this new year, you've got to put your priorities back in line and put God first and screw up your family and set the example, parents. Another problem that used to bug me is parents would ground their kids from coming to church because, and I quote, it's the only thing they really enjoyed, end quote. Are you serious? The devil is a liar. You should thank God your kids are in church and they enjoy coming because the devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. Whatever you do, don't ground them from church. If anything, ground them from everything else and bring them to church. 
But see, that shows the spiritual immaturity of parents. And oh, okay, I'm going to get off my soapbox. But Sunday nights are designed to help you. If you come on Sunday nights, God bless you. Then on Monday nights, we have prayer meeting at 7 o'clock. Monday night prayer every, every week. There are so many needs represented here today. So many needs of people listening to this message. Cancer, diabetes, on and on and on. There's so many lost loved ones that need to be saved. If you've got a lost loved one, let me see your hands this morning. Someone who needs to be saved, your family or neighbors. So many lost loved ones that need to be saved. And God has promised to hear us when we pray. Let me remind you, Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. Jesus himself said that. He said, when you take the time to ask me, seek me, and knock, I will give it to you. Hallelujah. So come and join us on Monday night. We need miracles and you need the practice. (laughs) I love y'all. I'm talking about a new you for the new year. I'm talking about taking back what the devil stole. I'm talking about letting God restore unto you the things you've been waiting for and praying for. This is how it'll come. If you come Monday night prayer, hallelujah, bless you. Then come to Bible study on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Sister Phyllis Simmons does a tremendous job of teaching the Word of God in such a way you'll wonder, how did I ever make it without this in my life? You'll wonder, man, you'll start growing spiritually by leaps and bounds, I'm telling you. And then the sixth and final opportunity is on Wednesday nights. We have family night at 7 p.m. That means we got something for every member of your family. We got role rangers for the boys, missionettes for the girls, Bible study for the adults. We're going through the book of Proverbs right now. These are all steps to spiritual growth. And so I want to ask you this morning, what is God speaking to you about adding in? How can you... Put more spiritual growth into your spirit, man. The second step that happens after salvation is water baptism. Water baptism does not save you. This is your testimony to the world that the old you has died and you've been raised to new life in Christ. Hallelujah. It is your public testimony. And listen to me. If you're ashamed to let people know you're saved... Jesus will be ashamed of you. Let me tell you what he said. Mark chapter 8 verse 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. Of him also shall the son of man be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his father with the holy angels. Listen to me. Don't let fear hold you back from receiving God's gift for you. My friend, he wants you to grow and mature. Well, I've got a fear of water. Let me tell you something. I've baptized hundreds of people in my 30 years of ministry. Not one time have we drowned anybody. Y'all remember last year we had Brother Harry Dye who came. He was on oxygen. He came in. He took one last breath. The oxygen held his breath. We dunked him on it, brought him up. He came up. He said, I messed my curls up. You remember that? How many remember that? That man was on oxygen, and yet he was baptized. Why? Because he wasn't ashamed of what Jesus, he wanted everybody to know, I'm a new creature. Hallelujah. It's time to grow. 
And here's, listen to what Jesus also said in Matthew 10, 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. My friend, when you boldly declare through water baptism, I am following Jesus Christ, Jesus stands up for you and says, Father, that one's mine. They're not ashamed. Hallelujah. I'm talking about growing up spiritually. The third step after salvation is baptism in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yes. Jesus himself says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. If you have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you to start this today. Start reading through the book of Acts. Read through the book of Acts and see what a difference the Holy Ghost made in the lives of ordinary believers. And you'll also read there that it is a free gift available to all Christians, all denominations, anyone who will say, Lord, I'm hungry, I want it. Begin praying now. Begin seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He'll give you a heavenly prayer language and boldness like you have never had before. I'm talking about a new you for the new year. Hallelujah. The fourth step after salvation, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, that opens the door to the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit that are available to all believers. Well, Pastor Doug, I don't, I don't know about that. Those are just for those super spiritual preachers on TV who hold big crusades. No, you need to read the Bible again. In fact, you need to read 1 Corinthians chapters 12, 13, and 14 and read them all together. That's how Paul wrote them. He didn't divide it up in chapters and verses. Somebody else did that. He wrote it all together because when you read those three chapters together, your eyes will be open and you'll see things you never saw before. I want to share something with you. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 7 through 10. Listen to what Paul said. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man... Does that say some? Does that say most? It says every man to profit with all. That means every believer can have this. Then he goes on to list them. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. These gifts are available to those who want to grow and go deeper in Christ. That's why I'm telling you today, every person here today can go deeper and grow more in Christ than where you are now. Because I would love to pastor a church where the gifts of the Spirit are in full operation. Because it's not just to a few, it's for every believer. Hallelujah. Because when you read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 together, the way Paul wrote it, well, the way the Holy Spirit told him to put it in order, he explains how these gifts are supposed to operate in the church. He did not separate the love chapter, chapter 13, from the rest. But that's how a lot of preachers preach today. They'll preach chapter 13 and leave 12 and 14 out of it. But my friend, the gifts of the Spirit operate better when there's love in the heart of the person being used by God. That's the only way it'll actually work and flow the way it's supposed to. Amen? 
In fact, when you read these chapters together, you'll find something that I have never seen in a church. Maybe you have. But I have never seen what I read in there in a church. Specifically in chapter 14, verse 26. I'm not going to put it on the screen, but it's there. I'm going to paraphrase it for you. 1426, Paul says, when the, when the Corinthians came together to worship, he said they all had a song to sing. They all wanted to speak in tongues. They all had a revelation, and they all wanted to interpret. I have never been in a church service where everybody wanted to do that. Have you? But that's what was happening in the Corinthian church. So what he did was he gives guidelines on how to allow the gifts of the Spirit in an orderly way. But many people have taken his guidelines and used them to quench the spirit in church services instead of what the way he actually wrote it. That's why you need to read these three chapters together and get the whole thought because, brothers and sisters, when you read the Bible by yourself for, and stop taking a preacher's word for it, don't even take my word for it. I'm actually telling you where to find it. Don't take my word for it. Then you'll start seeing things the way God really sees it. Because today in a lot of churches, you're lucky to have one or two people in church that has a word from God maybe once a quarter. I'm not, I'm not rebuking anybody. I'm just, I'm just talking about reality of where we are in America's churches. And it's usually the same few people. One will speak it and the other will give the interpretation. Now listen, again, I'm not rebuking you because thank God for those willing to be used by the Holy Spirit because if they weren't obedient, we wouldn't have a lot of churches with the gifts of Spirit operating. But I want to tell you, this: these are not the only ones God wants to use. God wants to use every born-again Christian who says, Lord, I want to grow in you. I want to be a new me for this new year. Lord, help me to get more of you and Honey, he will answer that prayer. That's what I'm talking about. Because, brothers, sisters, we need to grow. We need to grow. I'm closing. Hang with me. Five more Pentecostal minutes. The truth is, you're either growing up spiritually or you're shrinking down every day. You're either growing or you're shrinking every day. That's why it's a daily decision. What you decide here today, you're going to have to decide again tomorrow. And you're going to have to decide again the next day. It's going to be a daily thing. You need to go deeper in the spirit. And now I want to speak to our people here at this church. If you are a church leader, if you are a ministry leader, if you are a teacher, if you are a praise team member, if you have, have any positions of leadership in this church, you need to be growing spiritually every day. Because you can't expect the people you lead to get closer to God than you are. Because they're following your lead. It won't happen. So you've got to grow spiritually so the people who are following you will also grow spiritually. And by the way, you're held accountable to God for the souls under your leadership from the little ones to the older ones. When God entrusts you with a leadership position, when leading you, my friend, you have got to go after God with everything in you. It should keep you awake at night. Number one, because you're so excited because God has chosen you and now the creative gifts that he's placing you are he's going to bring them out of you in ways you never thought possible. And secondly, understanding I'm accountable for these people. My friends, it'll keep you awake at night. 
But can I tell you something? Greater is he that's in you than he that's coming against you. And if God puts you in that position, then God's going to help you with that position. And if you will just say, Lord, make me a new me for this new year so the people I'm leading can get closer to you, my friend, he will help you and he will help you and equip you. Hallelujah. Because there's so much more that God has for you. Salvation is just the first step. Hallelujah. You know what? If everybody determines to let God make you a new you for the new year, then we'll have a new church. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. A spiritually mature, spiritual gift thriving church where people can come and their needs be met. When they need to hear a word from God, God will have a word from God for them. My friend, that's what God's desire is for his body when Jesus said, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Does anybody want to be a part of the church like that? Give God praise because that's his design. But if you keep giving God the same thing the same way, then you'll get the same old, same old, and this church can't go through another year like that. Time is short. Jesus is coming soon. We got lost loved ones that need to be saved. And so I want to ask you, does anybody want this to be your best year ever? Anybody tired of waiting and you're ready to receive now? You're ready for God to say, okay, it's 2020. The waiting is over. Friend, it's time to take your rightful place of authority. As a son and a daughter of Almighty God, you are heirs to the throne. And what the devil has stolen from you and what you've been waiting for, what you've been praying for, can come back to you in 2020. It's time to grow up. This has been Strong Meat for Strong Believers. If this broadcast was a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at revivalfire29 at yahoo.com or call me at 964-5333 and visit Raven Assembly of God's website at ravenag.org and find out more information about our church. This is Pastor Doug Johnson reminding you to keep your head up. God is on your side. And join me next time for more Strong Meat for Strong Believers.